in three, two, one. John, are we live? Live without a net. I um, it feels like it's been like a month since I've been on the show because we had the race and I was kind of here and then we had an episode and then we were gone for the fourth and now we're back. We episode are. thirteen. Thirteen, baby. How was your fourth? It was hot. It was hot, 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 hot. hot. It was fun. Uh, a lot of family time, barbecues, beer, sun, you know, yeah. stuff. Uh, how about you? It was okay. I was starting to feel under the weather, so I went to a buddy's pool, wasn't going to try to do anything nuts, and then uh, Jeff Bashaw and his family had people over for uh, the Glenview fireworks in the Glen, which, mm-hmm. by the way, blow Chicago's out of the water. Sorry, Chicago. Really? It's insane. If you live in the Glen, the fireworks are like 10 feet from you, so they're huge, and they go on for like 45 minutes, and Jeff kept saying the finale is going to be amazing, it's going to be amazing, and I'm like, eh. I lived in Streeterville, and I overlooked Navy Pier, so every Wednesday and Saturday for 11 years, all I did was watch fireworks. I'm like, I'm not going to be that impressed. Right. Pretty impressive. Okay, so is it just a, a, a township onto itself? Yeah, so it's its own township, but the Glen in Glenview is like kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's like a little city within Glenview, mm. and they host the fireworks there off of, I don't know, like their field, yeah. and it went on forever. They must have spent 100000 bucks on those fireworks. It Holy was smokes. insane. Um, and then they play music to the fireworks. It's pretty cool. Nice. Very good. Yeah, Suburban Mo with his uh, Suburban Fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Any shout outs today? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. You always have the cool shout-outs. So tomorrow, uh, there's a a fundraiser called Gaming for Green. It is a Texas Hold'em poker tournament and Vegas night. I've been sitting on the board for the last couple years. And I want to make mention, I put together a package for auction for tomorrow. And I call it Shop and Sip up up and down Southport. And so what I want to do is I want to give a shout-out to... I've got a bunch here, so I have to read them. Uh, the Monkey's Paw, Corridor Brewery, Diag Barn Grill, 404 Wine Bar, Tuco and Blondie, Sales Trattoria, and Southport Lanes. They all donated gift cards that we can use in one big package to auction. So whoever wins it can go out for a day and night, a couple actually, a couple nights, and just go up and down and enjoy food and beverages. Uh, you know, a couple, uh, couple games of bowling uh, and boutiques and all just all kinds of stuff. So I really want to thank everybody for their generosity. Uh, all of the funds from Gaming for Green goes to Gateway Green. And what they do is they plant trees and bushes and shrubs uh, in parks and thoroughfares in the city of Chicago to clean and green Chicago. Very cool. So it is. It's a really, and it's super fun. The event. Um, Open bar, all kinds of food, blackjack, craps, roulette, this Texas Hold'em poker tournament. The first uh, first prize, you get the $10,000 World Series of Poker seat in Vegas. Very cool. It's, it's fresh rolled cigars. I mean, it's just, so it's at, I, actually I should. Hold on one second. Let me see if I can do this. While well, I'm talking all about this. Uh, there it is. It's called Gaming for Green. It's at Gallery Marchetti at Halstead and Lake, I believe. Halstead and Erie. I should know that. Uh, it's right in. It's right in there. Uh, beautiful venue. Great, great organization, and it's a really fun event. So tomorrow night starts at the doors open at 5:30. Uh, 
Textolum Poker Tournament starts at 7. It's open bar all night from like 5.30 until 11. And you can, tickets are like 60 bucks. You can still get them at the door? You can still get them at the door. I know that we have all, everybody on the board has sold a ton. It's going to be a really fun night. Uh, but there are still some available at the door. We actually extended the, the party, the, the venue space that we're using from last year so that we could accommodate. It's, it's fun. What's the uh, dress code? Business casual to dressy. Okay. Um, a lot of suits and ties. Not, not this. I'm a little yeah. casual today. I've been running around for gaming for green all day. Uh, but tomorrow's going to be suit and tie. Okay. Uh, ladies, you know, sundresses and short skirts or whatever. Uh, it, it, it's, it's like going to a higher end nightclub with gambling. It's like, it's like being in Vegas and going to a nightclub and being able to gamble at the same time. Maggie said, Mo, you must come with us. That's why I was asking. I, um, I'm under the weather, obviously, so if, if I'm feeling better tomorrow, if I just come from work and I'm just dressed like kind of business cash, I can show up? Well, plus you got a guy. I got a guy? <laughs> I got a guy who'll see me? I just don't ever want to be the guy who's way underdressed. I'm okay being overdressed. I went right. to an event in Lincoln Park this, uh, uh, this past spring, and <laughs> my friend said it was black tie, but it wasn't black tie. Mm. And I He's wore a red up. velvet tuxedo to a not black tie event. So I wasn't just overdressed, I was stupid <laughs> overdressed, which is fine. I can handle being overdressed. Sure. I just cannot handle being underdressed, which would drive me nuts. But I'll come I'll, I'll do my best. If I'm not coughing all over myself, I'll I'll come tomorrow for a bit. Okay. It really is. It's, you'll enjoy it. Uh, if you know anybody that likes playing poker or just gaming. Matt Rosen. Uh, if he's he's right, usually Matt listening, Rosen. so if Rosen's that's listening, right. that's um, right. He's a professional poker player, so Oh yeah, he's he's actually gone to the World Series a couple times, played a nice. few few times, and he's done okay. well. Cool. Actually, I think he won the Chicago Poker Classic or that big tournament. Yes, a few like five, yeah, they, I don't know, five six years ago, a big big tournament. They put that on Comcast Sports Center. Yeah, like the, like the he either rounds. won it or took second place and hit big. And I know he wow. plays a lot of professional poker. So hey, Rosen, go play. Yeah, come on. Um, um, so that's that's all my shout outs. Everybody was really really nice. As soon as I told them what it was all about, it's a 501c3. Uh, people were like, absolutely, I'd love to help. So, Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got one guest today. Our other guest couldn't make it, but I'm happy to have this guest on, and I can talk to this guy forever, so it's okay. Um, I'm great rolling with one guest because we're going to talk about his business, um, coffee, talk about some jujitsu. Maybe we'll talk about yes. Did you watch the fights this weekend? Uh, I didn't catch He didn't, fights. so we're not going to talk about the UFC fights this I weekend. I caught the highlights on Instagram. Okay, all right. That's <laughs> probably good enough. <laughs> so you can um, fill me in. We'll, we'll, we'll chat about that a little yeah. bit. Um, he was on, a I don't know, five, six weeks ago, and it was our one episode with terrible audio issues. We did. And we had to bring him back because his story's amazing, his coffee's uh, incredible, and uh, we just like talking to him. So, uh, Justin Doggett from Kyoto Black, thanks for coming back on. Thanks with for us, having buddy. me again. I appreciate it. Um, what's going on since last time? So, last time they couldn't hear that well. Okay. So, I'll do the backstory again of how this happened, and then we'll just kind of talk about all the stuff you've been doing. I saw yeah. pictures of you at festivals. You were biking around. You're yeah. still in great shape. I'm getting fatter <laughs> since last time. He's getting in better shape. So, how did um, the business come about? And. Um, yeah, tell us how it started. So yeah, uh, basically the business started with uh, a hobby. So kind of rewind the clock back to uh, 2012. Um, I just recently heard about Kyoto Style Coffee. Um, I was, before this, a uh, minimum wage barista. So getting out of college, 2011, 
take a minimum wage barista job, and I'm finding out more about coffee. So, you know, I thought I knew something about coffee, but once I actually got in there professionally, I found out there were real levels to it. And uh, part of the job was tasting coffee from other places. And uh, once I had this one coffee, it was from Passion House Coffee Roasters, which is located here in Chicago. They had a natural processed coffee. And I actually brought a natural processed Ethiopian coffee, which is the same kind of coffee that they had. Yeah. This one's not as crazy as that one was, but it was really what set me off that spark in my head for what coffee could be because it didn't taste like coffee at all. Awesome. It was like blueberry pancakes, tasted like colors. It was crazy. I think, and I love your coffee, and I'm not a coffee guy at all, and I mm-hmm. tell everybody, I'm like, I don't love coffee, but I love Justin's coffee. And I think it's because maybe it doesn't just taste like coffee, and maybe it's because it's cold brew, mm-hmm. um, although I like hot tea, yeah. so I, it's weird. I just like your stuff. It's that good. Why the Explain the difference between Kyoto style and then also why you went cold. Yeah, so basically the Kyoto style and the cold are, you know, they are one and the same in a way, where uh, cold brew is just using cold water and time to brew the coffee. So when you use hot water, that hot water has more energy in it, you know, the heat. Oh, I see. That makes sense. So it takes less time to extract the coffee solids. When you have cold water, it's less energetic, so you need more time. That's why cold brew takes overnight. You know, it takes 12, 16 hours, 24 hours even sometimes. Wow. Uh, to brew versus five minutes. And then the Kyoto style part of it is just the method of the water delivery. So when you typically do a cold brew, you would steep the grounds in water and they'd be kind of free floating like a French press and then you just filter it out. With Kyoto style, it's more like a pour over or like a drip coffee where you're slowly dripping cold water one drop at a time through the coffee grounds and then letting that just kind of percolate through and you collect that in the carafe at the bottom. That is crazy. There's so much science behind it. <laughs> when you first started and you said you were a, a barista, did you just start researching like crazy this stuff? Because it seems yeah. like to be able to get to a point where you're, it's almost like research and development and then you just have to, it's trial and error almost, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy actually. So, uh, you know, to complete the story that I had started earlier, which is uh, I you know, was a minimum wage barista, learning about this stuff, decided that I wanted to become the best barista that I could, uh, ended up leaving that cafe just because it wasn't necessarily the right place for me to grow, and went into fine dining. And they used my, my talents for coffee a lot. I worked at Next here in Chicago for okay. uh, over a year. Uh, just you know, kind of randomly got this job at a high-level restaurant. And uh, while I was there, I was working on Kyoto style at home. Because I wanted to get a Kyoto-style brewer, but they're like $400. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to just build one instead. Crazy. And that's how it started. So for those of you that don't know, we know each other from jiu-jitsu. Uh, shout out to Jay Valco and Valco BJJ. The first I ever heard of it was when you were bringing them to yeah. Valco in bottles. Yeah. And we were bu- you were just sampling them to us. Yeah, and I was giving them away for like the longest time. Yeah, these are this is really good. So yeah. we were all, we had those like almost like large bottles that kind of resembled yeah. that, but even it's like more Girl Steiner, the bullet, the large bullets. Yeah. yeah. And then we all drank it. And it was really good. And then eventually it was uh, charged, and everyone's like, "All right, we're going to buy a ton of it because it's yeah. amazing." Still. Um, was that when you were just, you were doing it at home? I was still bottle? yeah, I was still doing it at home. So basically, because I'm a huge fan of different waters, I actually follow a guy who's a water sommelier, and he talks about all the different mineral compositions of the water and how it f- impacts the flavor of water. And uh, so I drink Gerolsteiner a lot. Really? And yeah, so I would get Gerolsteiner by the caseload, and I would just you know finish it, clean those bottles, sanitize them, and then fill them with coffee. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> There's like so much. 
there's so much science behind it. Like I'm sure when John and I, John, do you drink coffee? I do. You do? I'm sure when like John goes to Starbucks and gets a coffee, he's not even thinking somebody put a lot of effort into coming up with research and development of coffee. And then I'm sure most people, when you tell them you brew coffee, don't realize that you're not Starbucks. You are yeah. like taking it 700 steps further and putting so much research and development into it. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's insane. Um, so when did you decide to go from kind of the um, grassroot in the bottle to, I mean, your marketing and your bag is really mm -hmm. cool. Can, I, I could yeah, show it to please. everybody. Yeah. John, is it on me? Camera? Straight up. Straight up? I got these short T-Rex arms. This is like Simba, like I'm holding up Simba. Cue the music. Um, there you go. But it's like, it's, it's such a cool packaging. Yeah. Um, and I have, the, I have one at home. We have it in our office. Um, for real estates and uh, real estate agents, uh, realtors, these bags are really cool to take to open houses. Johnny in our office has uh, branded some of these. Uh, he's put stickers on them. He takes them to open houses. Um, shares them at his open house and he gets people to stick around. Um, we've served in our office. Actually, we are just talking uh, yeah. right before we started about doing a kegerator at Main Street with coffee in it. So all of our agents um, coming Fire. soon, um, yeah, right. we will have a uh, Kiro Black kegerator in our office and you guys are going to be wired and uh, uh, <laughs> you won't be drunk. I, I, we'll Deal we'll, we'll talk a little bit. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about how... Um, you also mix it with liquor oh, yeah. and stuff. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're not going to get you guys drunk at work. We'll just get you wired, like John said. Um, so, how did that transition happen from those, you know, big grassroots bottles mm -hmm. to what we see today? Yeah. So it's funny because it wasn't like exactly a moment. It was more so a series of realizations. Uh, one of the realizations that I had was that you know, obviously, e-commerce is taking over the world, and I want to become a part of that. Um, I want to. Uh, create a scalable business. That's ultimately what I was thinking. And, yeah. you know, it just so happened that cold brew was the perfect vehicle for me to do that because you can essentially take a product and make it perfect every time and replicate that and then send it to anybody really anywhere. You know, I just sent some, I have a customer who orders in Switzerland. Wow. Every year, you know, she'll order during the summertime. So what's the shelf life? So if somebody buys a bag like that and I, they have it at home, like mm -hmm. this woman in Switzerland, how long can she keep the bags? So under refrigeration, I tell people three months okay. is fine. Um, as far as like not in refrigeration, maybe two weeks before you really start to notice anything okay. off with it. It's kind of like produce in a sense. It's, it's like a long lasting produce, like onions. Yeah. Where like onions seem to last longer than everything yeah. else, but at some point they go as well. Right. That's kind of how this, this product is. but. In terms of how I ideally would like it, you know, to be consumed, maybe like within three weeks. You okay, probably cool. Want to have it all consumed. In, Our office will go through your kegerator within three <laughs> weeks. Um, and I, I said grassroots a couple times, so I, I love that you started in your home, and then it grew to, you know, it's it's a hit. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, we have a um, there's a bar in a bar pizza place in Lincoln Park that we yeah. go to all the time, warehouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we saw your logo, and actually, we were playing kickball on Monday. And uh, a couple of people were pointing it out. They're like, that's, that's the coffee. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. pointed out the sign. Um, how did you go from being in your home in a bottle to getting the word out about Kyoto Black? Because it's popping up everywhere in yeah. Chicago, which is awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, I think it's been you know, several different factors. Uh, for one, it's just a great product. And people always stand behind yeah. great products with a cool story. You know? And because it's a one-man business, I'm doing everything. So people will generally hear about it directly through me or through a friend, you know, a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's been mostly it, honestly. 
I just recently started doing some advertising. And uh, I've been doing Reddit ads, actually. Reddit ads have been performing really? incredibly well for me. Interesting. Yeah. Do you do any uh, Facebook posts? Uh, I had, honestly, I had done some, but I don't think I'm very good at them. Okay. So I probably need to go back to the drawing board and figure those out because I think those, Facebook is probably the best, uh, you know, ad platform. Yeah. In the world right now. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how to use it so well. You know, Jason Kaship might be a yeah. good guy to yeah, look Yeah, I spoke to him too. a little bit about that, too. Yeah. He's more so doing the Google stuff. Google stuff? Yeah, he's he's just kind of getting into the Facebook stuff. Johnny well. Roto in our office does a okay. really good job with Facebook clicks, too. He's so too. sharp. Um, Johnny has uh, done a really good job with his um, Facebook, so he might be a good guy to yeah. chat with. And I'll chat with you off air. We okay. do a lot of Facebook advertising at Main Street, and uh, uh, you, target audience is going to be really important yeah. to kind of carve out, and mm-hmm. then from there, you know, knowing what you're sponsoring yeah. it, it makes some sense but uh i mean it's fantastic and i guess the best way to advertise that thing is get it in front of people have people taste it because yeah. it's so good exactly you have the um bike now that you're yeah. biking around to festivals yeah. um how's that going it's going fun it's really good I, my farmer's tan is super legit yeah <laughs> yeah um what festivals are you hitting up? So I'm mostly hitting uh farmers markets like uh, Green City okay uh, Logan Square uh, sometimes I'll do Greenwood up in uh, like Rogers Park area. Yeah. And then really any festival that pops up like Do Division or, you know, Edge Fest, stuff like that. The thing is, like, honestly, getting inside of those festivals is very expensive. Yes, very, very expensive. It's like $2,000 application yeah. fee, no guarantee of a spot. Yep. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'll just pull up outside with my trike and, you know, people can get coffee on their way in and way out. Yeah. And that pretty much works for me. Um. Do you ride that thing everywhere? I mean, uh, that's a that thing is big. It's huge. Heavy. Yeah, and it steers like a boat. It's like I get in my car and my car handles way better than yeah. that trike. So um, I actually rent a U-Haul trailer, and, and then I there. put it on there because I was I was riding it from Edgewater to Centertown, and it was Jeez. taking me like two hours to get here. I mean, he's in unbelievable shape. <laughs> uh, it's insane. He's yeah. one of the things like if if you do jujitsu with uh, with him. When he grabs a hold of you, he feels like he's 300 pounds, <laughs> not what, what, 150? 155. Yeah. yeah. He feels literally twice as strong Thank as you. he weighs. Appreciate it. Uh, but that thing is huge, and you're yeah. carrying a ton of coffee. It's in. got a lot of coffee, and it's probably like 350 pounds total. Holy smokes. Yeah. And then and you got to bike that around. You got to bike it, and I'm getting passed by people jogging. You know, it's super <laughs> slow. You're just crawling along. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> barely making it. Um, but I think it's such a cool branding tool because it, it is. A, it looks cool. Yeah. B, um, it turns heads. And you get the word out because people start drinking it. Yeah. And you are popping up everywhere. So they start to see it. And then branding. It, it, branding, I always tell people, is a repetitive thing. Right. You know, if you continuously get in, in, in front of somebody's face and you're in the forefront of their minds and they see it. It mm-hmm. takes three, four, five times of yeah. them seeing it, and they're like, okay, I recognize that brand. And I feel like all around Chicago it's popping up, which is really cool. You know what? Like, honestly, whenever I see anyone looking at my trike, I don't try to sell anybody because I already know what the cues are for selling someone anyway. Yeah. So I'm not trying to go super hard, like, sell, sell, sell everybody. Yeah. I want to sell them, but only if they want to be sold to. Right. I but for that. the most part, um, when someone just looks at my trike, I just wave and smile. Yeah. That's it. Because I want them to see my brand and smile. Yeah. That's it. And That's if I awesome. do that enough times, maybe they'll come, maybe they won't. That's fine. But yeah. It's hot as hell out recently. So I'm sorry? I said it's hot yeah. as hell out recently. So <laughs> yeah. cold brew coffee yeah. sounds like a good thing when it you walk solid, around yeah. and it's it uh, really hot. Um, should we sample some stuff, John? Oh, I would love to. Absolutely. Yeah, let's yeah, do yeah, yeah. Let's do that. I'm, I'm like a little bit under the weather and uh, I, so I've had this low energy 
And typically, I end up having like a uh, pre-workout to give me a boost of energy. But I knew you're coming on today, so I'm excited to have some coffee. Cool, yeah. And then we'll actually just go ahead and do a side-by-side. Sweet. So Next time uh, we have him on, we got to do the liquor version of it yeah. because he actually does mix. He's done a bunch of like cool uh, cold brew and alcohol mixes. Yeah. That sounds good. That sounds like a fun idea for sure. So um, the guy who I'm working with on that too is the beverage director at Cindy's Rooftop. Oh, very cool. And uh, yeah, we're basically creating a little book, an industry book. It's just for people. I mean, obviously anyone can you know get it if they want it, but it's going to be intended for people in the actual hospitality industry Yeah. for uh, cold brew centric cocktails. So what are we uh, taste testing first? Okay. So yeah, this is going to be the natural processed Ethiopian coffee that I mentioned okay. before. Very cool. John's coming to get his dose. Yep. So first thing I like to do too, we can do a little bit of a kind of uh, introduction to okay, yeah. coffee tasting. So the first thing that I always like to do is smell everything that I eat or drink. Okay. And when you smell, if you allow a little bit of airflow to come in through your mouth at the same time that you're breathing, you will completely agitate your sinus cavity. Yeah. And then what is uh, what should this smell like to a trained nose, I guess? Well, I mean, to a trained nose, you'll get real specific, like, you know, fig, plum, mm-hmm. uh You'll get uh, raisin. I'm getting a lot of dark fruit from this. I was going to say plum. Yeah. That, when you said that, I was thinking plum. Mm-hmm. It's got like a plum kind of. I mean, you have a pretty trained palate. Like, I, I watch you. You like, you're into gourmet things. Um, most people would probably just get fruit right off the bat. They wouldn't like yeah. kind of unidentified fruit. Like fruit punch, you know, is kind of like that blanket term for yeah. what a lot of people do get. Um, but in this particular one, I get dark kind of raisin to fruit yeah i pl- honestly plum was the first thing to pop into my mind yeah maybe even like turkish, turkish apricots yeah i mean i'm middle eastern so we <laughs> and then yeah uh when you sip it just kind of like aerated on your tongue a little bit like i think i just chugged it yeah, <laughs> this is like good. uh you want a when somebody gives you like a, a fine beverage and i just put yeah. it down and they're like you weren't supposed uh, to do that killer you think it's so vodka? good and then I see the tonic water, and yeah. it's crazy because the bag I have at home that I'm going through, um, I mix it with tonic water almost yeah. every time. So I'll go in my backyard now, and I'll hang out with my dog, and I pour tonic water into my um, cold brew, and it's so refreshing. It's crazy, yeah. So what is it about tonic water that's making this go from being a coffee to, I mean, it almost feels like, I don't know, it, it feels like a refreshing... A very refreshing summary drink. Right. Well, the first thing is that when you add bubbles to something, it automatically makes it more refreshing. Makes sense. So it's cold, it's bubbly, and then when you look at the flavors in coffee, you know, outside of like the fruit or the chocolate flavors, you essentially have sweetness and bitterness. Okay. And you really have the same thing in a tonic as well. Right. You know, and then you have your citrus notes as well in that tonic, which the citrus notes will often make things more lively, more summery, and more refreshing. So when you add that on top of whatever fruit flavors you get in the coffee um, or whatever cola flavors you get, especially with the darker coffees, because uh, when you mix them with like a sparkling water, those chocolate notes become more like cola. Interesting. Yeah. So splash of tonic or do you, is it like 50-50? Do you typically, is there like a ratio? It depends on how you feel. So like, for example, because every morning I'll have a soda, you know, an unsweetened soda uh, with coffee. And in that particular case, I will do 
like 90% soda water and then just hit it with just the coffee flavor just okay. on top of it. Just because at this point, like, I know I'm going to have a lot of coffee. Right. So I don't want to go crazy Do you right pee out the all gate. day long? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, you know, maybe uh, like one fourth coffee and then the rest of it, you know, tonic would be a good ratio. Okay. Awesome. See, I, I was doing the opposite. I was doing like 90% coffee and then splash of tonic and it still felt really refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. It's still going to be refreshing. Uh, flip it the other way and okay. you'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do that. Everybody's got their own thing, but I think you might like that a little bit. Definitely better. wakes me up more when I do the 90% coffee. Yeah. Can we do one of those with the, with the tonic? Can yeah, absolutely. I didn't sip it again. I just like took it down. Like, I, don't, I don't have that like sipping, uh, that sipping uh, bone Habit. in me. Yeah. Um, and then you've been winning awards. I mean, I, I joke, I call you the people's champion because yeah. he was in a national cold brew contest and all the people who taste tested voted him number one. The judges voted him number two out of the country, which yeah. makes you the people's champion because more people voted for you than, I mean, judges, judges are yeah. a couple people. Everybody else voted you as yeah. number one, which is very majority. cool. I got like, uh, I think it was like 79% of the vote, something like that. Wow. Of the wow. people? Of the people vote, yeah. 79? Yeah. Wow. It was something crazy. And then I lost all the judges, and the judges' scores are heavily weighted. Oh, so if, I, if I'd won a single judge, I would have won the whole thing. That's crazy. Yeah, and I lost that all three. Crazy. I was like, how'd that happen? Yeah, you are the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you are the undisputed people's yeah, champion. Like, what is that this? Is, yeah. That's insane. I calculate it because it's funny, too. The way the judges' score was weighted on the website, yeah, uh, even with because it was like thirty three percent weight, but even with that thirty three percent, I still win just because my my people's victory is so huge. Yeah, so I was like, wait a minute, you guys, I still win with fifty one percent of the vote. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Like you know, and it turned out they were like, no, actually, we retooled it so the judges' score was like forty two percent. Somebody rigged. And I was just like, yeah. we're on. like somebody rigged that. Yeah. Um, can you go back to that next year, or are you like, screw you guys, I'm not going Oh, I'm back. good with them. It's You're all good. good. I mean, you, go back? you know, it's fine. It got me a lot of press. Yeah. It, honestly, you know, all I lost from it was the extra prize money, which was yeah. like 500 bucks, so I'm not tripping. Um, and it gave me a cooler story. Like yeah, this, yeah. The story yeah, was this worth, is a cool story. Yeah, you the are story the was worth champion. 500 bucks. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, when I read that, I was mad for you, yeah. and I was like, he's the people's champion. Yeah. Forget the six or five judges. or How exactly. many judges were there? It was, it was like, three. Oh, my God. It was three, oh, three against judges. all the people? Yeah. And then oh, on top of that. That upsets me. They were just like organizers and then friends of organizers. Yeah. They weren't like coffee people. I mean, they're coffee yeah. people because yeah, yeah. they put on a coffee festival, but yeah. they're not like anybody with a name in coffee. Not to talk yeah. trash, but it's just yeah, the case. Yeah. Like, I know my palate's probably better than theirs. Like, yeah. Oh, know. that that's rough. But it is a better story now. Because you are the people's champ. Yep. Um, we got one more here, too. This Brendan Nestor said, Kyoto Black, exclamation point, exclamation point. Um, he was a past guest, a realtor, um, obviously has seen your stuff around. Yeah. What's uh, up, Brendan, champ? He should uh, get them for your open houses, buddy, because uh, these things work really well at open houses. Especially this guy right here. This is my flagship dark roast. Yeah, this is, this is the flagship. This is what I took home with me. This is what we've been serving the office. And it's absolutely delicious. Yeah. Um, and like the last month, I've been really nailing it too. Like I just made some tweaks. I was about to ask you that. How much has it changed from when you were bottling it and we were drinking it at Valco kind of at the beginning to yeah. today? Oh, it's way more like refined. Okay. It's like smoother. Okay. You know, uh, I just kind of dialed in on my ratios, on my timing, on my water mineral content, you know, just like all that stuff 
because every input matters with coffee brewing. It's kind of funny because I look at a lot of recipes online for how to make different coffees or like you'll be on YouTube and there'll be a video that says how to make cold brew at home. And the thing is they treat cold brew or making coffee in general like cooking, but it's actually more like baking. You okay. can't just play around with how much baking soda you use. You can't play with how much flour you use. Like there's a set ratio and recipe and process and temperatures for getting a certain kind of bread or a certain kind of you know biscuit or cake. Same thing's true with coffee. So coffee is like baking. Like you need to you know mind the ratios of water. You need to mind the time, the temperature, and then the mineral composition. There's a the science and a finesse behind it. There is, and I love that you keep. Um, evolving because it was a great product when we first drank it but the fact that you're constantly trying to push and push yeah. to find the best version of it that you can is probably what's eventually going to make this thing the biggest hit yeah. ever i mean yeah. you have a uh, you have a strive to make it better and it's a passion i mean i can tell just mm -hmm. talking to you i think john probably agrees like there is you have a real passion for this and the fact that it started as a passion then turned into a business is amazing what are kind of next steps for this i mean is is the next thing that you're looking at how to scale this thing bigger is it yeah. marketing yeah i mean it's basically trying to take what i've already done and just make it a little bigger you know obviously marketing is always going to be a huge thing just that marketing sales just kind of nailing yeah. that um you know i want to do a pop-up cafe okay you know, next cool. year yeah the city just uh started a new permitting system for pop-ups. Yep. Yeah, so I, I wondered about it recently. Yeah, it's pretty cool. There, it's actually funny. Like the city's making some uh, some strides towards helping smaller businesses, yes. and making it more, you know, a friendly environment here. So I want to jump on some of those opportunities and do some pop-ups. Maybe uh, show off some of the cool drinks that are non-alcoholic. Yeah, you know. Um, no, I love it, and, and the city is. I mean, Chicago has been notoriously known as a very business unfriendly yeah. town. I deal with them a lot of times for clients of mine on the legal side when um, we got issues with, oh my God, your sidewalk was three inches too close to you know, the, uh, the building. Here's a gigantic violation. Right. It's like somebody actually came out and measured yeah. and you're three inches off. Like, come on, give me yeah. a break. But recently there has been an uptick in trying to help small businesses, right. which yeah. is really cool. <laughs> Funny enough, this is very random in a side note. The first fee I've ever seen the city reduce was the LLC fee went from it went to a third. Yeah, yeah, at the it of this year. It, it's less than that. Yeah, yeah, it went even from five hundred yeah. to one twenty five or something. Yeah, one twenty five. Like yeah. We do the expedited always, so it went from like six fourteen for us to like two fifty uh -huh. um, for the expedited fee. But That's huge. you're like, holy smokes, the city yeah. of Chicago reduce the fee for something. Yeah. I couldn't believe it, but yeah. it was very much for businesses. So yeah. I like that trend. I think it's going to be good for, That's really awesome. for the city. They also uh, took, because when you're working in shared kitchen spaces, this mm -hmm. is a whole space that's been going through just radical change in the past like 12 years. Um, if you go back, you can look at some real horror stories about uh, you know certain people getting uh, all their food product thrown away just because they had the wrong type of license. They weren't even exactly violating any health code, yeah. but just the way it was processed was like not correct. Oh, and man. you know, the health department shows up and just trashes everything, pours bleach on everything. They lose like $3,000 worth of product and they have open orders they can't fulfill, right? And That's their terrible. business is frozen. So you have that sort of situation to now where, you know, it's not ideal, but you know, the certain variances like you know, for example, I bottle my product and I had to get special permission to bottle it without machinery. 
that requirement got lifted this year. Really? Yeah, they said it's fine. You don't have to worry no more. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that the city is trying to take some of the roadblocks down for people who are trying to. It, it's hard enough to be a business owner. It's hard enough to start a bit. It's scary enough to start a business. It's hard enough to grow a business. And uh, there's so many roadblocks. So taking some of that stuff down really is, is, is awesome. I'm yeah. glad they're doing that. So outside of your own coffee, which is my favorite, is there a coffee or a, a brand that you love to drink yourself? I mean, at this point, like, to be honest, I, I love my own coffee the most. Yeah. I think I really nailed it down. Yeah. Um, so generally, I'll just get a bean that I like and then make it myself. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, you just, you just, you're like, you know what? I know what I like and I can do it myself exactly. better than the rest. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, so if, so, if a realtor, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a ton of realtors um, commenting, so I, I'm going to ask this because I, th I think a lot of them, and I see a bunch of them watching on my video. I'm watching the video while I'm, I'm talking to you guys. John's like, yeah, I know you are. Um, <laughs> but I want to speak to the audience because I, that's the audience that's watching. Sure. Yep. Um, to brand those, uh, those bags, they just buy them from you, and then um, Johnny did his own branding for that, right? Yeah, so basically he just put a sticker on the front of it. Okay. Very cool. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you to buy the bags to take to open houses, how do they do that? So, yeah, basically, uh, they can just contact me on my website. Okay. So, if they go to the contact page, there's a little web form. Just shoot me a message. It goes and to I'll, you. Yeah, it'll, it'll come to me, directly to me, and I'll you know work with you and make something good happen. Very cool. And real estate offices, I see a couple of broker owners also watching. Shout out to them. Get a kegerator for your office. Yeah. I think it's going to be a cool thing to add to the environment of your office. That's going yeah. to be awesome. Um, shifting gears, and we're going to come back to this in a second and talk about you know tips for entrepreneurs and stuff. Um, we were talking off air about a book you're reading. Yeah. And uh, John, I love talking about books. Tell us about the book you're reading. So uh, I just started uh, "Fu Money" by Fu Money. I love it by Dan Locke, and it's so far really amazing. Really? Yeah. Um, and "Fu Money" obviously means "fuck you, money." Uh, we can say that because uh, it's our own show and we right. say whatever the hell we want. Um, is the premise just how to get to fuck you money? Or Exactly, yeah. It's just determining, okay, what's your number? And then breaking that down into like manageable steps because it's like everybody who says, oh, I'm going to become rich, they just say it like it's a dream or yeah. like it's a hope and they don't have any sort of actionable way of framing it in their minds yeah. to see it as being attainable. So I agree. Yeah. I I mean, my biggest business tip, and it's funny, I just sparked it in my head, and my favorite quote in the world is, a goal without a plan is just a wish. And it's yep. the plan for me that I always tell people. It's if, if you have a plan to lose 50 pounds this year, people are going to say that's a lot of weight. But if you had a plan to lose a pound this week, mm -hmm. someone would look at me and say, Mo, so don't eat tacos, you dummy, and you'll lose a pound this week. pound a week for 52 weeks is 52 pounds. You can break your yep. goals down like that too. I call it winning the week in my office. Um, so does he say basically figure out how much money's fuck you money and then break that down? Yeah, into for what you, you personally. Do? So like he has an example of his chart yeah. and all the things that he wants to spend money on. He's like, yo, just be honest. Like if you need you know, 50K a year to go on vacations, put 50K. Like, just be super duper honest, like for every single category. And then, you know, account for like the taxes that you'll have to pay, everything. And then that's how much you need to make every single year. <laughs> I'm gonna depress myself because I love cars. <laughs> so I'm gonna read this thing and be like, I'm so far away from having fuck you money, it's not even funny. But at least now you know, right? At least now you know. Yeah. Um, and knowing's half the battle, as they what's say. What's right? his like fuck you money level? 
So his at the time of writing that was it's like six hundred k a, a year? year. Yeah. See, I don't think like that's a lot of money, but I don't think that's fuck you money. No. You know, that's the thing. Like he said, it changed. You know, when he put the book together and as he was like coming through this process, that was his, you know, his fuck you money. And he's like, I live excellently. But, you know, as I started to get closer to that, it was like, all right. You That's know. what happens, though. Yeah. You know, so Tony Robbins um, has spoke about if you got 10, I think it was $10 million, he said. Yeah. Um, you can live your life because you can invest a lot of it. You can buy yourself a really nice house, buy a couple nice cars. You can even invest some of it and get like a, a jet pass and fly sometimes private. Mm -hmm. You can, you can you know, uh, rent a yacht if you want once a year. Mm -hmm. So you can live basically the lifestyle of somebody that has $200 million right. without going and buying like a quarter, million dollar, a quarter billion dollar boat. I mean, there's yeah. people out there who literally buy $250 million boats and that's like a different level of go fuck yourself money. Right, right, right. Um, but that's yeah, I guess it's- Everybody money. I guess yeah. actually though, the point that he makes is like the point of FU money is really what is like the floor. Yeah, what's the floor? You know, like yeah. the floor of like, okay, you make yeah. this much and you hit all your points. Yeah. You can go beyond that right. and you can start to really get to like, like wealth and you, impact. Fuck you, money. Yeah, right? Yeah. Everybody. Fuck like, you twice money. <laughs> there's like F you and F everybody, right? Yeah. You know, but, uh, but essentially that's kind of the floor for it for him. So I like that. Yeah. I, it's probably going to be my next read. I got a couple trips coming up and I always like grabbing books to go on trips, but that's going to be fun. There's a, I you can get the audio book for free. Sorry to cut you off. Really? You can get the audio book. Yeah, it's on his site for free. Oh, perfect. I'm yeah, downloading nice. it. Yeah, I'm on my listen yeah. to that on the way home. Right today, after we get actually. off the air, we're yeah. gonna both order it. There's um, I was it just popped up again. You know, like sometimes you watch uh, those shows, like the rich and famous shows. Uh -huh. Um, they were talking about these, and I thought about the boat thing because there's two guys in the world right now. I'm sure there's a lot of guys with mega yachts. It's one of the um, either the princes of Abu Dhabi or Dubai, and then a Russian billionaire mm -hmm. who keep trying to one up one another with bigger yeah, mega yachts yeah so but they're building these like they first build like a hundred million dollar mega yacht and then yeah. the other one builds a little bit of a bigger yacht so then they are like well screw that hundred million dollar yacht i'm gonna go build a quarter billion dollar yacht yeah and it's like they're building these like stupid yachts and the yeah. guy from russia um was like xkgb and one of his boats had been boarded by pirates mm. so basically the next boat he built mm -hmm was so big and luxurious, but then had like the missile capabilities of but. an aircraft carrier. So he had a submarine, he had anti-aircraft missiles, and it was at all times guarded. And uh, the show I was watching was basically saying like, he will release the coordinates of the boat, and he has given an all out like challenge to pirates, try to board this boat. That's crazy. It's crazy. I yeah. mean, that's real fuck you money, that because is, he's yeah. just that got is. this quarter billion dollar boat, and he's like, you know what, I'll even tell you guys where it is, yep. try to come board it now. Come and get it. Why not just build a spaceship at that point? Uh, you might, well, Elon <laughs> Musk might too. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's he's in the process of building it, but that's cool. Um, yeah, I I just got done reading um, Extreme Ownership for the second time. A lot of people talk about that. One of my favorite books. Yeah. Um, I've I've read it a few years back, and then you know we're doing a lot of stuff with our tech company and uh, and, and Main Street and. I love the book because A, it's a cool book. You hear a lot of stories about uh, being a Navy SEAL, but also it, the mindset of the book is you take extreme ownership of what you're doing. The buck stops back at you, mm -hmm. and you have to take ownership of your mistakes and, and all of that. Now, I just love that book. It's one of my favorite books. Yeah. If I had to recommend anybody to read a book right now, it'd probably be that one. Maybe I'll change my mind after I read Fuck You Money. Or I mean, money. it's it's interesting, and I actually would recommend the audiobook too because it's a it's a great companion to the book itself. Okay, which actually you can also get for free from his site. Both are available. 
Does he have a good um, audio voice? Because so I I listen to Audible all the time, and mm-hmm. the reason I love Extreme Ownership too is because the guy um, he sounds like an Asian. Jocko? Yeah, Jocko. Yeah. I mean, Jocko's got like that deep. Jocko's kinda, got like, a voice, man. Yeah, like he commands a room. Yeah. And then I've listened to like I. That's gonna. If somebody loves this book. I listened to Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, mm-hmm. and the guy who is narrating the book. Ten minutes in, I'm like, shoot me! I can't listen yeah. to this guy anymore. I was like, I'm yeah. done. So uh, the guy narrates his own book, and he's a Chinese immigrant, okay. and uh, he learned English here. So he actually came to America broke. I, you know what? Now that you say that, I've seen his um, Facebook ad yeah. for it. Okay. He's in the back of a car, maybe? Yeah, he's in the back of a Bentley. Bentley, yeah. yes, I have yeah. seen it. So in his okay. voice. perfect. And he's just like dropping F-bombs all day. I love it. Yeah, and his voice is so great because... I you know there's something about like the particular cadence of like Chinese English which is like really straightforward yes and his his information is very straightforward and he's like if you don't like this I don't give a shit like, yeah you know <laughs> so <laughs> that reminds me shout out to my buddy Richard Kim we were um, I was in Cancun with him and um, his uh, girlfriend she lives in China she's Chinese um, and uh, we were on a boat together. And at the beginning of the trip, I was in fairly good shape, but I ate and drank a lot. And towards the end of the trip, when we were on the boat together, we were taking a photo and she goes, what happened to your abs? <laughs> she goes, and she just said it straight up, but she didn't even mean it as a joke to me. Yeah. She was very serious about straight it. Like, up. like, suck your gut in. And yeah. I, was la- I was cracking up. Yeah. And I was like, she was so serious. And Richard looked at me and he's like, she does it to me too. Just and it was awesome. Point. Very straightforward. Yeah. And we were cracking up. Um, jiu-jitsu. So you, are you... Competing still? So, training? Man, I haven't competed in a while. I haven't competed since I got my purple belt. Really? Yeah, so it's been a while. It's been like three years since I've competed. Okay. Yeah, and I've just been, between just work. spending so much time on work, and I tore my labrum. Which, that's right. That's yeah, right. so I tore my shoulder out, um, and I was going to get surgery on it, but I found out I didn't necessarily need it. And, you know, it's one of those things where the more you get an opinion on it, yeah. the more you find out, like, this surgery's not necessarily going to fix it. Yeah. And it's going to put you out of commission for a solid six months where you're inside of that big, yeah. you know, contraption. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, nah, you know what? I think I can manage this without the surgery, but I will have to take things slow. Yeah. So one of the first things I cut out, which was uh, I stopped going with big guys. Yeah. You know, because I was going with everybody. Yeah. Guys like. I used to do that too. You know, a guy's like a buck fifty. I don't care. I I go with them. Yeah, and that's how I got hurt. Yeah, you know. Even though I went with Max last night, so yeah, Max is a big strong boy. <laughs> but, but he's you know he's gentle. But Max so. is yeah, Max is like big strong boy that doesn't try to murder you. Exactly. Um, whereas some big strong boys they try to they try yeah, to murder you. So. When I tore my pec, that happened to me. I I tore my pec badly, but the opinions I got were surgery or basically take a year of not working out too hard, and it's what stopped me from lifting weights mm-hmm. um, heavy. It's because I tore my pack and I did not do the surgery, just like you, and it sucked for a long time. Still, I have no flexibility in my like left, on my left side. In the so, Americana direction or Kimura? Both. both. Yeah, somebody goes up or down with my arm, I'm just like up, yeah. tap, I'm done. Um, but I signed up for the Chicago Open. Oh. Chad Chase sent me a message last week, like, uh, you gotta get back in the gym and start training. And I was like, yeah, I probably dude. should do that. Um, but yeah, I've been so busy with work. Yeah, same man. thing. That's, it's a, yeah. it's hard. Um, I, I live in the suburbs, so I'd either have to come at seven a.m. or in the middle of the day leave, come at noon, um, or at the end of my day, it's really tough mm-hmm. to get it in. But I have to get it in because the last couple times I competed, I probably had more tournament matches than I had matches in class. Oh yeah. But I just I just kind of go in there and I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Let's 
get I mean, after you're it. so close to your purple, man. You might as well just go ahead. I got to start training again. <laughs> I've, I've like gone backwards. I've gotten I mean, worse and worse. It happens. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get back in there. Hopefully, I'll see you back yeah. in there. Um, do you go noon usually or evening? Uh, if you I've go? been mixing it up a little bit. So okay. generally, I've been an evening guy. Um, but I've been trying to get in there for noon class just because I feel like it helps set me up for the rest of the day. Yeah. Like it gives me a little energy. Well, I, it's it's a block away, so I might start going noons on Wednesday before I come in here, mm-hmm. and hopefully no big guys drop me on my head so that I can communicate yeah. to on, on air. Trusted partners, man. That's yeah, yeah. Great. I mean, I'm probably 165 pounds mm-hmm. now, too, so I get that, too. Some of the guys. John's Say looking at me what? like, what? No, I am. I weighed myself this morning. I'm yeah. 10 pounds heavier than... Put uh, the other foot on the scale, too. <laughs> the, the other <laughs> challenge. Whoa! <Dang>. Put <laughs> the other foot on the scale. Man, now I'm 165-ish, but I have to be lighter than that for the Chicago Open. So what, I what, some weight. Wait, bracket. I'm doing light. You're doing light. What is oh, that, uh, 154? No, or no, I can't feather. do that anymore. I think it's 164.5 maybe with gotcha. my Gion or something. Okay. But uh, I used to go feather, but I'm too old now. I can't mm-hmm. do that stuff. I can't yeah. cut weight like that anymore. It's crazy. Like, you know, I looked at the tournament, you know, brackets and stuff, and I'm in Masters now, and that's kind of weird to me. Like, you know, I was always an adult and now I'm over 30. You are probably way too strong for Masters. I think I should probably still do adult, but we'll see. No, just go in Purple Belt Masters and (laughs) grab a hold of somebody and they'll freak out. With with all my joint issues, it's like, I don't know. Because, like, I got wrist locked to hell and, like, my thumb blew up from that. Really? Yeah. Like, I've been having issues with my grip recently because of just, I do a lot of judo. Yeah. And my hand swelled up on me one day from just gripping. Just because, you know, my grip is very, very strong. And I think to an yes, extent, very strong. Like I, I became kind of a jerk about it, where I would just like literally grab people and then watch them just try to like struggle and get yeah. away and just kind of laugh about it in my head. Yeah. And I think I paid the price by like you know sh- like straining my hand. Well, I, I'll never forget like when you grab a hold of like somebody's gear, I'm like, it's almost like a mini baker. Yeah. Like, yeah, a yeah it is baker a grabs like a mini you, baker. Like, baker yeah. grabs you. You're like, I'm gonna it's die. Like, um, <laughs> but yeah, I got to get back to training again because I, I feel like. When you work as much as we're working, mm-hmm. having an outlet like that is so important to yep. just go and have an hour or two hours, in our case, just to get away from stuff. And I feel like I haven't had that lately where I just, it's like work, 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 work. I go home, hang out with my dog you know, for an hour or two, and then work, 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 work again. Yeah. You know, I'll put it this way. Uh, you know, a few years back, my grandma died. And on the day she died, you know, I was super upset. You know, she raised me. And I went and trained. And during that whole time that I was training, I didn't think about my grandma at all, yeah. you know? Uh, before I got in that door, like right up until I stepped foot on my mat, I was thinking about my grandma. Yeah. As soon as I got there training, I was just thinking about just being there and training yeah. and being with my friends, you know, because yeah. we've all known each other for so long. Right. And just, you know, jujitsu itself, wherever you go in the world, you hear people say the same thing. Like when you train, you just forget everything. Yeah. And, you know, when I got off the mat, I thought about my grandma again, but during that time, I got that that headspace for myself, yeah. and I was completely immersed, and that's important, I think, to get it. I agree, and shout out again to Jay. I've said it a couple times on the show. He's built such a great atmosphere of everybody in there has become such close yeah. friends, but when I go there, you're right. Nothing else really matters. Everything else kind of shuts off. For me, it's a lot like when I race cars. Um, I've had a few, few, a month and a half that's been kind of tough, and I was racing in Virginia. Mm-hmm. I just remember I got in the car and I'm like, well, can't think about anything else. I'm just thinking about this. Um, and uh, it's a great thing if you are working your butt off to have some sort of outlet somewhere mm-hmm. that allows you to just get away from it all. Um, when you started uh, the business, had you 
ever thought I'm going to be an entrepreneur or did it just naturally flow into that? It just naturally flowed. Honestly, it was more so like entrepreneurship kind of found me Yeah, where it was, oh, I know what it's like to work and I know what it's like to, you know, take orders from other people. And, you know, it just seemed like it wasn't necessarily the thing for me because the thing is I like serving people a lot. Like my, my job at, you know, the restaurant was awesome. And I brought a lot of that to my training job when I was the trainer for Metropolis. I was their head barista and I trained all the staff. I was like, I want to bring that same sort of attention to the customer. Like when someone would show up at Next, we wanted to know everything about them. Yeah. We wanted to know if they were left-handed or right-handed. So we'd be observing every wow. single little thing about them because we want to know where to set the silverware for them. Because left-handed people, that's the thing about it. They run into so many everyday issues because the world doesn't accommodate them, that wow. when you take notice and accommodate them and you set everything on the left-hand side for them, they really take notice because they're used to being inconvenienced. Wow. I can attest to that. Are you I'm a left-handed? left-handed. You're, you're, yeah. I saw John it shaking really, his head. Everything is, the whole world is right-handed. Yeah. And I know, I don't remember this, I, but my mom said that uh, when I started school, uh, I guess the thing used to be you tie the kid's uh, arm, his left arm, Mm-hmm. and make him learn to write and everything right-handed. And yeah. my mom said, no, absolutely not. He was born this way. This is the way I wanted him to be. This was 1824 and when yeah, he right. was born. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 165, oh. huh, buddy? Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, but that's crazy. Um, I mean, I'm right-handed. Yeah. Same. So, um, but your attention to detail then. I mean, it, obviously, I see that now with your attention to detail for something like that in the service industry. Well, I imagine 99% of the service industry doesn't think that no. way. You do. Mm-hmm. And your attention to detail with your, your business and the coffee, that's a rarity. Most people, and I mean, I, we coach and train about 70 agents now, so I'm, I'm around a lot of people that I have to manage and coach. Attention to detail, mm-hmm. it's a rare thing. Yeah. So kudos to you. Thank you. And you know the thing about it too? I feel super fortunate because that was my first job in you know hospitality. And they told me, they were like, you know, this is your first job in fine dining. Yeah. We're going to ruin every other place for you. Like, you're not going to be able to work anywhere else. And sure enough, after I left, you know, because I, I wanted to get back into coffee and I just didn't have the time because I was working super long days there. Um, I went to another restaurant that was really well respected. But I was like, man, this I can't do this. Like, you guys, yeah. it's too lax here. Like, I need more, like, Structure. giving a fuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, more like, we want to accommodate people who have, you know, they're left-handed. We want to know everything about the customer. We want to do all these things. And that slack actually, like, exhausted me. Yeah. If you, if you get what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is, so, another good question, and you kind of bump and set it for me. If somebody's trying to, I, we always ask this because we got a lot of people that we want to, cater a little bit to the entrepreneur side of things. It doesn't have to be a general entrepreneur, but if somebody wants to get into um, maybe the service industry or doing something, obviously nobody's going to make a coffee like you, but if it's somebody's tough. an entrepreneur and they want to get into a business that's similar, not yours, mm-hmm. um, is that the tip, attention to detail, or is there something else? You know what? Uh, it, there's so many different things. I would say the last time I was on here, I – Remember saying, find out what your leverage point is yeah. and use the point of greatest leverage for yourself, whatever that might be. Um, a- another thing just to kind of add to that particular tip is to take your toolkit and then expand it. So basically take uh, skills that you have and stack them in ways that are synergistic. So for example, I started off with hospitality. So that allows me to go into cafes, but it also lets me go into food products. 
So I don't have to go into this one particular route. Like, had I listened to what, you know, most baristas, even, you know, because there are like micro celebrities within the barista world. Right. They have their own things that they focus on. And, you know, they have fanboys who will basically say, yeah, that's the thing. That's cool. And I'm like, that's cool. But is that scalable? Right. You know, that's cool. But is that going to allow me to make money 24 hours a day? Yeah. Is that going to allow me to impact the most people? You know, so... I basically took that foundational thing and said, okay, what are skills that I can stack on top of this that allows me to get the kind of reach that I want, the kind of money that I want, the kind of time that I want. I love that. And it's an incredible tip because I tell a lot of our, it's hard sometimes when I'm coaching and training people in the office because people come from differing backgrounds and obviously different experiences, but taking what you already know and like what you just said, starting to, stack yep. that and build different toolboxes to, to hit the goals that you want. That's an incredible tip. We haven't heard that one yet. We hear a lot of the kind of same types of tips mm-hmm. um, that are reiterated, but that's a really, really good one. So anything that you got coming up soon? I mean, we, typically we go a half hour each guest. We're basically almost at an hour because nice. I told you I could talk to this guy oh, for yeah. two and a half hours. Absolutely. We got so much to talk about. We didn't even talk about the UFC and what happened this weekend and DC becoming the that's two-way crazy, champ man. and calling out Brock Lesnar, which... That was crazy. When okay. you look at where DC was last year, too, yeah, when like, he lost to Jones, man, that's crazy. Like, he's crying in the ring, yeah. and then now he's the two eight world champ. And you know what? Like people who are just getting into UFC don't realize Cormier was the man. He was yeah. like legit, legit. Yeah, and he still is. You yeah, know? but there was a time where it was like it was him and Fedor were considered the best fighters in the planet. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think with John Jones popping up because he's like a super freak athlete, and yeah. just like incredibly talented. Um, people kind of forgot and they slept on Cormier and they started yeah. to act like he was bad. Yeah. And I'm like, no, Cormier is amazing. And he, I think he was beating Jones in that second fight. Yeah. Um, and then Jones caught, caught him. And, yeah. and he's a great life lesson too. I mean, I, I read an article, um, I don't know who wrote it, but I was reading an article about DC that popped up on um, social media that showed, you know, how many triumphs and then failures he had when it was in the Olympics when he was wrestling and then when he got back in the UFC he was doing really well and then the loss to Jones and then mm-hmm. coming back and then losing to Jones again in that very emotional and um, really kind of uh, public way yeah. and then the last year kind of reviving his career and now he's the two weight world champ and he's yeah. going to fight Brock Lesnar probably make a boatload of money I think he's going to murk Lesnar as well oh I think so too because yeah. um, Kane kicked mm-hmm. the crap out of him. Yeah. And so they kind of have a blueprint for that. And I yeah. think DC's, DC's a nice guy in that he keeps saying that I think, you know, Kane would be the best, you know, heavyweight of all time because they're obviously training partners. Yeah, right. I right. think DC's better than Kane. Yeah. I think um, his dirty boxing's better. I think he's just He's better. more complete. Yeah, he's more There's complete. There's more threats. Um, but I couldn't believe he beat Stipe because I was, I thought Stipe is going to be too, when he beat, when Stipe beat Francis, yeah, I was like, Stipe is going to be too much for him, mm-hmm. um, but hey. Well, from the little yeah. bit that I saw in the Instagram highlights, it seemed like he was more clinch fighting and dirty yeah. boxing with DC, and I think that was a mistake. Mistake. Yeah. Actually, DC uh, said it. They had known that he kind of, when he pushes back from dirty boxing, his hands are low, so Ooh, yep. they had trained that same. It, it at first looked like an elbow, and then he threw like a short right hook, and mm-hmm. it worked. Yeah. And he hits harder than... He looks like he hits because I saw Stipe afterwards, and it's not like up. he was tore up, but mm-hmm. it didn't look like DC hit him that much, mm-hmm. which goes back to show how tough John Jones is too. Yeah, John Jones, John Jones is that guy's gonna come back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd love to, to see the third one between them, but 
I almost think DC should beat Brock, maybe take out one more dude, and then yeah. just. But DC's a competitor, so I'm sure he wants to run that back. He one more time. probably does want to run it back. I mean, unfortunately, I think it's just John Jones is you know too much of a yeah. a force. Yeah, I mean, you he's know. maybe the greatest athlete ever MMA's ever seen. Yeah, I mean, and it's just sad to see what yeah. his his life is, how it's unfolded. And he did it while he was partying like a madman. Yes. Like, the, the stories of him doing like cocaine the week before he yeah. had like a championship fight and partying till five in the morning, like it's insane. I can't even drink a beer and yeah. like, ride my damn trike, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This guy, and you're an athletic marvel yeah. too. Um, so that's crazy. Anything um, coming up, anything we should be aware of with yeah. uh, Kyoto Black coming up soon that you want to announce? Yeah, absolutely. So in October, uh, Coffee Con is coming to Chicago. Cool. And that's a super cool event. So we get uh, some of the best coffee in the city. You know, all the best cafes will pop up. We even get people coming from Milwaukee, St. Louis, all kinds of stuff. Uh, last year, I did a lecture there. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do one this year, but uh, you'll definitely see me there, and it's really dope. So go to you know google and just search coffee what, when Chicago. is it going to be it's uh october i think the 27th okay cool like that. so yeah that's the what's coming up as far as big things um as far as like little stuff i will be at farmers markets you know every cool. weekend so follow me on instagram to find out more about that very you know, cool uh windy city smokeouts there and usually we we're talking about it they have like a mile and a half long line to get in it's wait what is this windy city smokeouts this yeah. weekend and um it's like the big country music festival and they usually have like I mean, the line goes for like two hours. Oh, snap. It takes forever to get into that thing. Yeah. So you might want to post up post up by there yeah. because it moves really slow. The difference in tickets between VIP and general admission yeah. is like 200 bucks. Oh. So everybody just gets general admission. Yeah. And it's on Grand Avenue. It's like right off of Grand Avenue. There's like right under the highway. Uh -huh. So people just literally post up. So might be a good, good yeah. place to uh, stop this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Um, we did a full hour. So That's awesome. Thanks again, man, yeah. for coming on. Uh, we'll come out to CoffeeCon. I mean, I'm, we're only going to come out and drink yeah, your absolutely. stuff if it's yeah. there because I'm not oh, a big yeah. coffee guy, but I love your stuff. Um, and I can't wait to get a kegerator. Thanks again for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks um, for having had us. Had a blast. We'll be back next Wednesday at 3 o'clock Central. Uh, Gaming for Green tomorrow. Um, John, I think you probably put the uh, graphic on there that told I people did. about Gaming I for did. Green. So go back and take a peek at it. We'll put it in the comments section as well. If you guys want to stop by tomorrow, I'm likely going to stop by for uh, a short while. So come have a couple drinks with me. We'll gamble a little bit. Matt Rosen, if you're playing in the poker tournament, I will probably not play because I don't want to lose. I hate losing. Um, but yeah, thanks again, guys, for listening. Follow us on Facebook. Share us, like us, comment, please. Uh, we appreciate all the love and uh, the shares and cool comments that we're getting from you guys. So see you guys next Wednesday, 3 o'clock. Um, bye. Peace. Peace. And Three, two, one.